Hello, everyone, and welcome to Serial Killers and Seltzer. Um, I am currently drinking a lemon white claw, and I have a friend with me. Friend, who are you? Uh, my name it is sounded Alyssa like May. you just crushed a can on your head. <laughs> um, well, on that note, I did not crush a can over my head, but uh, my name is Alyssa Main, and I'm drinking an Avery Brinko Sparkle Glacier Sprite Seltzer. <laughs> that sounds so fancy. Is your pinky out? <laughs> it is out. Pinky's out, Patrick. Hopefully that's not, I feel like when I take a drink, like I do that and I feel like it's probably annoying, but. You know, yeah, I feel the same, but uh, when it's this bubbly, it deserves it. Bubbly. <sighs> okay, Alyssa Main, you beautiful creature. Okay. <laughs> do you know that, I know we haven't talking, talking, talked in a while, but do you know that, you remember when I uh, took you to uh, the airport and you came to work with me? Yes. People from people from my work still call you my hot friend Alyssa. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look at you. Oh, stop it right now. <laughs> okay. So, are you ready to do this? Are you excited? I'm so excited. I'm nervous. You're my first guest. Well, Chris doesn't really count, but you're my first. <laughs> I'm excited first guest I feel really important you are the most important <laughs> importantest so Alyssa Alyssa and I have known each other since what um, oh man like 2009 2008 Jesus Christ since we were we we lads we played the volleyballs together in basketball we're the best of pals I even gave Kaylee a really bad haircut one time. <laughs> we used to color together. I have a nickname. Oh, man. I think my uh, my stripper name will be Wilhelmina Mildew, if I'm ever a stripper. It's perfect. That's thanks to uh, Alyssa's grandpa. That was my nickname. Not stripper. He didn't give me a stripper nickname. I just said it. That kind of didn't make sense. But anyway, I'm Wilhelmina Mildew. <laughs> Shit. Anyway, welcome to the fucking, welcome to the party, welcome to the shit show. I'm glad you're here, Alyssa Main. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Um, so today, I don't know. So my notes are on my laptop. I'm doing my recording on my laptop and my notes on my laptop. And for some reason, the first line of my notes says 62. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I st maybe I accidentally typed 62 or maybe it's important. I don't know. But it says 62. So if that ever comes up, just remember. 62. Yep, remember 62. There yep. will be a math test at the end of this. <laughs> okay, so the man we will be discussing today, I hope you haven't heard of him. What's his name? Well, I'll tell you. The, the man we will be discussing today may just be the most terrifying serial killer you've never heard of. Israel Keys. No? Anything? Ringing no, any bells? Nothing. Good, good. No, 
Ding rung. Great. No bell rung. Ding ding. What is it? <laughs> Bing bong. <laughs> Bing bong. Bing bong. <laughs> Israel Keys uh, wasn't on anyone's radar and virtually unknown to the police or the public until 2012. In fact, police didn't even know they should have been looking for a serial killer, but that was all about to change. In in the late evening of February 1st, 2012, a young man in Anchorage, Alaska, named, I'm about to burp, that's not his name, <laughs> named Dwayne, his name was spelled D, D-U-A-N-E, that sounds like Dwayne, right? Totally. <laughs> do I don't know. His name was Dwayne. Uh, so he pulls up to a small coffee kiosk called Common Grounds to pick up his girlfriend, Samantha Koenig, only to find all of the lights and Samantha nowhere to be found. Um, so this little coffee kiosk, I'll send you a picture of it, Alyssa, because this is what we're doing. This is neat. I have a friend. <laughs> Remember on yesterday's podcast, I told everybody that I didn't have any friends. She's not a parent, just a dog parent, but I sent you this picture. Did you get it? I invited to those parent conferences, just so everybody knows. Yeah, dog moms, dog moms invited because I like those people. Some parents I don't like. Did you get okay, the picture? That's a really cute little coffee stand. Yeah. So she was working there alone. Um, so I, um, before I found a picture of it, I was kind of going to describe it to you as like a, have you ever heard of bikini bean? I think they're only in Arizona. Yeah. They're like really tiny and there's girls in bikinis and they serve you coffee. Yeah. Like smaller than a Dutch bros. I feel like people that don't live in Arizona are like, what the fuck are you bitches talking about? But it's literally like like the size of a small shed and it has like one window and a door. Yeah. Like they call it a kiosk. Um, Yeah, neat, which I don't know, like, it seems like it, hopefully they have a heater in there in fucking Alaska. That sounds like a terrible job. Um, But anyway, so as a standalone drive-up coffee shop, um, they obviously sell coffee and then, like, small pastries. Um, So her boyfriend assumed that Samantha's father may have picked her up from her shift, as he often did. Uh, Later that night, Samantha's boyfriend... Duane, Duane, we're calling him Duane, uh, received a text from Samantha that didn't make sense. It read, hey, I'm spending a couple of days with friends. Let my dad know. God damn it. Well, that was, (laughs) that was strange. (laughs) Alyssa, are we drunk? No. Uh, No, not quite. Not quite yet. Okay. Uh, Sorry for burping. I don't really know how to edit things out. So we're just going to keep it. And this is going to be 87 days long. Um, So they had been together for a little over nine months. And he thought that this uh, text was very strange and seemed unlike her. Um, So he immediately goes to Samantha's dad. I mean, she also told him to tell her dad. So I guess that was the right move for him. Um, (laughs) so they both thought that it was strange, obviously, because her dad knows her as well. 
they reported Samantha missing that very night and notified the Anchorage PD of her strange disappearance and the message sent from her phone. Uh, not knowing the grim fate Samantha would face at the hands of a true monster. Uh, so the police contacted the owner of the Common Grounds coffee shop, and he said he wasn't there that night. Of course. Which, I don't know why they're letting, like, she was 18 years old. Like, I don't know why, like, I mean, it's an adult. But that just seems like an 18-year-old girl working alone in a tiny little coffee shop. It's, like, literally, right. it's literally in a parking lot. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, it just seems weird. Like, I feel like a lot of places like that, like now at least, they have, like, multiple people working there. Like, they have, I mean, I don't know. It just seems strange. So, I don't know if that was a normal day of, like, a normal shift of her working by herself or if they usually have multiple people, but it just seems strange to me. I mean, the buddy system was created for these particular purposes, but totally strange. Well, hopefully they uh, work and they uh, use the buddy system now. And if if it's still around, I don't know if Common Grounds is still around, but let's go to Anchorage and find out. I've been okay. to Anchorage. I have never been to Alaska. It I is loved it. only go during the summer. It's beautiful. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't know if I could handle that type of snow. Side note, nothing to do with anything. Do you remember my mom's husband, Jim? <laughs> Yes. Okay. So his family was from Alaska, and that's why we went to Alaska. Uh huh. So we were visiting his family, and I'm traumatized. We went fishing, and we went in this like little tiny boat with like a little motor, and we went fishing. We were catching. I want to say they were salmon, but I don't know anything about anything. Trout. I don't know. Could have been uh-huh. anything. Could have been a shark. I don't know. But we were catching fish, and I thought because. I don't like fish. I thought we were just going to throw them back, you know. He punched this fish square in the face. Killed it. <laughs> Traumatized. I witnessed I, a fish murder. I guess that's one way to kill him, The right? Alaska way? I don't know. Just fucking punching fish <laughs> in the face. <laughs> but they're divorced now, so that's fun. But anyway... <laughs> Anyway. Anyway. But yeah, that that was my experience of Alaska. Saw some some mooses. What are they called? Meese together? No, probably not. Are they called moose? <laughs> I have no idea what they're called together. The plural form of moose is moose? I'm gonna Mooses? look it up. I feel like it's meese, but I don't know why I think that that is right. So if I randomly chime in, you know why. <laughs> Sixty-two! <laughs> 62, this is where it comes into play. Okay. Are you looking it up? Should I wait? Should we ask Siri? Uh, What are multiple mooses called? (laughs) I think it's just moose. People are screaming at us right now. uh, Not noodles. Moose. Noodai? The correct plural of a moose is moose. That's lame. Let's go with Sometimes meese. People add an S to moose, but that is incorrect. Thank you, Google. <laughs> We're going to go with meese. Google lies. Yeah. Okay. The meese. I saw meese. Anyway. Um, so, 
back to common grounds. Okay. So the owner was not there that night. Samantha was working alone, but he did have surveillance tapes, um, which is, you, you always hear the fucking abductions and none of the tapes are working or none of the cameras are working. This time they were doing something right at common grounds and the cameras worked. Amazing. Amazing. So the tapes revealed, or wait, yep, the tapes revealed that Samantha did not leave on her own accord. She was abducted. She was tooken. Um, so February 1st, 2012, about 8 p.m., nearing closing time at Common Grounds, Samantha, sorry, keep burping. Silent, um, silent hey, burps. I'm doing it too. <laughs> damn bubbly spiked water bubbly so fancy um samantha koenig is oh wait oh so there's obviously the surveillance tape so um this is a little description of the surveillance tape i should have sent it to you but it's freaking like 12 minutes long and only like there's only like three minutes of I want to say action, but you know what I mean? There's only three minutes of things actually happening. So if you want to look it up, you can look it up, but there's no sound. It's just just the image. Yeah. Very grainy because it was in 2012, but we've come a long way. Yes, (laughs) but there were tapes. So that's all that matters. Um, So Samantha Koenig is shown handing a customer a cup of coffee she turns around to look at something almost as if the customer pointed behind her then when she turned back around she is startled by whoever was outside the window she then backs away and throws her hands up as if she is being robbed Uh, she then goes through the small kiosk and turns off all the lights Uh, so at that point it's very hard to see you can kind of just see like the outlines of what she's doing and like dim light from like a street lamp outside of the window. Um, But it's a little fuzzy and hard to see um, in the dark, but you can see Samantha moving back and forth through the kiosk. It looks like she clears out the cash register and hands the money over to the man uh, through the window and then lies on the ground for some time. Then you can make out another figure crawling through the kiosk window that part you can see and that's fucking terrifying <laughs> um so i can actually like on wrong <laughs> yeah which i'm sure that's what she was thinking at the time like she just thought she was going to give them the money and that was going to be it um but i can link the video in the show notes so like on spotify and everywhere that you guys are streaming the podcast you can click the link and watch the video if you want or you can always just google or not google what's it called youtube (laughs) the youtubes you can youtube the uh samantha koenig surveillance tapes and you can watch it as well um and you'll see what i'm talking about uh so once the man is in the kiosk he zip ties samantha's hands gags her with napkins and forced her out the kiosk through the main door. Um, The two make their way to a white Chevy Silverado pickup truck and vanish from view of the camera. 
you know, before, before I saw this video and before, um, before, like I read that they left through the main door, I was like, does she have to crawl through that little window when she gets into work? Like, that's a shitty job. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in that picture you sent me, it almost looks like there's like a tiny door on the side, but I don't know if that's like actually a door or if it's like a water spigot. Now I'm looking at it water spigot yeah not very back by those yellow box uh, yellow box i don't know it looks like a lock like it doesn't look like a i don't know i can post i can post this on our instagram and on or on the you know what i'm saying on the serial killers and seltzer instagram um I don't know, but yeah, there is a door. <laughs> that might be a water spigot, but there's also a door. <laughs> um, okay, so her dad and her boyfriend are in complete shock and horror when they are shown this tape. Um, so they're not obviously they don't know if it was a customer, someone she knew, or uh, a complete stranger. So the FBI is actually brought in to assist in the investigation scanning her social media for any clues of who may have taken her or where she could be. Uh, Samantha's family makes TV appearances pleading for the safe return of Samantha. They offer rewards for her safe return and do all they can to search for her. Um, so two and a half weeks later, or wait, two, oh my God, two, <laughs> two and a half weeks go by before there is a break in the case. Um, so Samantha's boyfriend gets a text from Samantha's phone. The text says, Connor Park, sign under pick of Albert, ain't she purdy? Which just sounds chaotic. Super crazy. Chaotic and crazy. Um, so this was the first communication they had gotten from Samantha's abductor. No one knew what they would find when they went to Connor Park, which I think Connor Park was like a dog park, like a small dog park in Anchorage, Alaska. Um, but yeah, they didn't know what they would find, um, if it was going to be a note, if it was going to be Samantha, or possibly even nothing, uh, but they obviously had to find out. Um, so the FBI goes to Connor Park and pinned to a bulletin board at Connor Park was a missing dog poster. Guess what the dog's name was? Samantha. Alfred Albert. His name was Albert. <laughs> Sign under pick of Albert. Oh. Get it? I get it. <laughs> Do you have goosebumps yet? Just kidding. Yeah. Um, so pinned under Albert, as the text said, was a small Ziploc bag containing a ransom note and a Polaroid picture of Samantha with that day's paper. I'm going to send that to you. Please tell me how that makes you feel. Sorry. That's okay. I am, oh, there it is. Okay, let's see. I mean, it's very creepy, but also, like, she doesn't look like she's terribly distressed I guess um like you would think if you're having your picture taken after you've just been kidnapped you'd probably be a little bit more 
of a mess, I guess. I don't really know how to describe that. Like, because you never know how you're going to be if someone's trying to take your picture after you get kidnapped. Right. I mean, her hair looks nice. Like, it is a black and white photo. So who knows? She probably could have been crying and her eyes underneath could be red. But I mean, it's definitely not your typical kidnapper picture. Okay. Well, hold that thought and hold on to 62. Um, okay. <laughs> so whoever had abducted Samantha in the ransom note, um, they were asking for $30,000 to be deposited into Samantha's bank account, which is a very strange way to get ransom money, like through the victim's account, because then you have to use their card. Um, right. But yeah, so he asked for it through her bank account. Um, so the FBI and Samantha's family pulled together the 30000 and made a deal with the bank to get notified as soon as someone attempted to withdraw money from her account. So with that being said, you would think um, this immediately or this like would be super quick, like the they would get immediate notification, like as soon as her card is used. Right. Right. So you would think it'd be super easy for them to catch her abductor. But uh, by the time police are notified of the ATM withdrawals, the man using Samantha's card was long gone. Because it takes time to see the surveillance, see that her card is being used, notify the police, get someone dispatched, and then by that time, he's dust in the wind. Is that the is that the phrase? <laughs> Probably not. And it's 2012, like, you would think our bank security systems would be pretty, you know, safe. But nowadays, you know, you use your card, you go past that limit and, like, text you. Right. So, you know. Did they have text back then? They had to have, right? I mean, it was 2012. I'm just kidding. We had iPhones. We had iPhones. (laughs) Really? I didn't have an Instagram until almost graduation I was a I was a nerd I was a goodie too she was I also didn't drink until I was 21 that's why I am the way that I am a party animal <laughs> <laughs> I rage Alyssa you I I can't even keep up with you <laughs> whatever <laughs> okay anyway <laughs> an abduction is going on okay ransom is happening Everyone calm down, you party animals. Um, so, yeah. So, they weren't... Whatever. They're missing him. By the time they get there, he's long gone. Um, so... Do-do-do-do-do. So, there are multiple ATM withdrawals popping up all around Anchorage, Alaska. Three of them, each taking out the daily limit of $500 each time the PIN number is entered correctly. So, he obviously got the PIN from Samantha, or Samantha's with him, right? Right. Okay, so, yeah, by the time police arrive, he's gone. Um, But the FBI tries to devise a plan to set officers throughout the Anchorage area near as many ATMs as they can, but there are there's not enough manpower to cover every single ATM in Anchorage, which Anchorage is small, but well, 
it's the largest i don't know how big android i'm not gonna pretend like i know geography geology just kidding um (laughs) um but yeah they try and put a police officer at every atm that does not work um so in the midst of their planning stages boom there's another transaction but not in anchorage not even in alaska where where is it you ask Alyssa? seriously where because that shit is crazy bitch where um all of a sudden on march 7th samantha's card is used in wilcox arizona you're kidding nope oh my god dead ass and then in home for us (laughs) yeah yeah we live in wilcox arizona (laughs) well not wilcox close (laughs) um then in lordsburg new mexico then March 10th in Humboldt, Texas, then in Shepherd, Texas. So a very clear path uh, through the United States and over a thousand miles traveled throughout the span of just a few days. Um, so the FBI is the FBI is able to pull surveillance from each ATM location. And of course, the person in the video is wearing like a mask or a face covering of some sort. Um which is normal now, how would you ever catch someone that's fucking using someone else's account? No kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Or robs a bank. Like, it's normal. You just walk in with a mask. Seems so unsafe. It's crazy. Um, (laughs) But in each video, they notice a car pulling away shortly after each transaction. A white Ford Focus sedan. So they actually put an APB out on the car in Texas because that's the last time that the ATM card was used, debit card was used, whatever. And uh, God bless the fucking Texas Highway Patrol Corporal that showed up to fucking work that day. Uh, So during his patrol, he sees a car that matches the description of this vehicle. He follows it, hoping it will make a traffic infraction. Guess what? It did. Oh, snap. <laughs> and the highway patrolman is able to pull the vehicle over when he asks the driver for his license and registration. You bet your sweet ass he was doing fucking cartwheels in his in his head and doing, uh, hoping for a freaking promotion when, uh, guess what? Guess what? It's not the guy. It's not the guy. When the, when the man at the wheel hands over an Alaska driver's license. Oh, shit. So the name on the ID is Israel Keys. Oh, damn. And you know what? I was just going to ask, like, during these months of those, like, transactions, like, mm-hmm. where was he? Like, what was he doing? I'll tell you in a little bit. Hanging out, you know? Just chilling. Just mad chilling. Yeah. Um. So it's good. This is almost our 30 minute mark. So I'm going to have to pause it and then not, not yet, but in three minutes, cause it says 27 minutes and 23 seconds, but okay. we're going to have to pause it in a second and then start over. So I'm going to try and go through this really quick, but diligently. Okay. Um, so the name on the ID was Israel keys, uh, time to fucking call for backup bitches. <laughs> Because during a simple search of the vehicle, he finds not only a gun, but Samantha Koenig's license and cell phone in the vehicle. 
Oh my god. Unfortunately, there's no Samantha. Um, he obviously didn't let her go in Alaska, but no one has seen or heard from her anywhere um, since her abduction, except for the ransom note and the weird text, right? Um, so Keys seems to be their only hope of Samantha's safe return. So they had enough to hold him just on fraud charges alone for using Samantha's ATM card. Uh, so he was arrested in Luff, Lufkin, hopefully I'm saying that right, in Lufkin, Texas. And then shortly after, he was extradited back to Anchorage, where the FBI interviews were. There are hours, hours and hours of fucking interviews. I watched the, um, what the hell is it called? Whatever the Israel Keys documentary is on, it's on Oxygen. I watched it. I bought Hulu Live to watch this. Is it worth buying? Uh, I mean, Hulu Live has commercials and I don't understand. Like, it shouldn't have commercials, right? But somehow we didn't have commercials before we had live and now we have commercials. I don't know. But, I mean, the documentary was interesting. But the hours and hours of fucking fucking interview is ridiculous and it's almost infuriating. Hold on. I'm going to have to pause this and then start over. Say nothing. Okay. It's a commercial. Oh, why? Damn it, kid. Some of you may know that I am a tattoo fanatic. I have many tattoos all over my body. I plan on getting more in the near future. I actually have an appointment coming up for a leg sleeve, so that's exciting. Um, But recently, a company called Lucky 13s asked me to collaborate with them and to be a tattoo model and a product ambassador, so I'm very excited about that. Uh, So a little bit about the company, Lucky 13s is an all-natural tattoo aftercare brand. Uh, One of their most popular products is a tattoo balm, which brings back your ink's vibrancy and definition. It also heals, moisturizes, and nourishes your skin while keeping your tattoo protected. So I will drop the link for Lucky 13's online shop. Um, in the show notes and use code wells w-e-l-l-s for a 25 percent discount on your entire order check them out lucky 13s nothing (laughs) hello we're back (laughs) we're back everybody okay (laughs) what did you say i said hey hey um okay so anyway we were talking about hulu live Yeah, whatever. So the interview, um, there's like hours and hours of interviews of them just trying to get information out of him. Where the fuck is Samantha? Um, So at first his lips were sealed. um, So that was until he uh, asked for an Americano, a Butterfinger, and a cigar before he offered to tell FBI what happened to Samantha. Okay, isn't he like... 12 why is he smoking a cigar he's not 12 i know i'm just kidding but he's too young to be smoking he's an adult (laughs) how old do you think he is i didn't even tell you about him 
Well, I mean, you talked about Samantha, and you said she was 18. So I, I was guesstimating that they were roughly about the same age, maybe a year older. They're absolutely year... not even close. Oh, okay. Well, so you tell he me is more. old enough to smoke. Also, an Americano is what he ordered when he abducted Samantha, so that's disgusting. But think about that next time you order an Americano. Damn, I love Americanos. I know. I think I had my first Americano when we went to, what is that? What, that rock? What the hell is that? Oh, place Black called? Rock. Black Rock. Crack Rock. Crack Rock. Nope. I'd not take you there. <laughs> Crack Rock. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah. Americano, a Butterfingers, which they, they kept flip-flopping between a Butterfingers and a Snickers bar. This is very important to me, but I couldn't figure it out because in different places they said different things. And when I watched the videos, it was yellow like a Butterfinger, but in like another article or like in like another account of like the interview or whatever, they said a Snickers peanut butter bar. Did they have those back then? I say back it's then, not- like it was so long ago. It really wasn't that long ago. Um, I think those the peanut butter ones came out like maybe a few years ago but they're definitely not that old okay so yeah i don't know what the fuck they're talking about i it looked like a butterfingers to me but let's call it a butterfingers i don't know he'll do anything for a fucking americano cigar and a candy bar um so he informed the agents that he had kept her in a shed in his driveway let me send i'm just sending you a whole bunch of pictures let me send you a picture of the shed outside of this fucking driveway and it's gonna blow your goddamn mind because it blew my fucking mind tell me when you get it got it um, so it's the one on the far right the taller one okay that's literally right outside his fucking house in the front yeah. of his house so he took her from his truck right into that shed and then he went into his house Okay, but does he live alone? How did Okay, hold on. Hold on, friend. Hold up. I've got lots of questions. Yes. I will answer most of your questions, hopefully. If not, we'll we'll go back to it. Um so back to this. So you saw the picture. I'll also post that on Instagram and I'll fucking circle the shed because that it's very close. Like literally yards away from his house. Not only his house, but his neighbor's house. You can literally see the other neighbor's house on the left-hand side of the picture. Right. Anyway. Anyway. Anywho. So, while she was tied up in the shed. um, Do-do-do-do-do. Yep. While she was tied up in the shed begging for her life, he would drink and smoke cigars because he's old enough. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And he would not funny (laughs) okay okay this is i'm sorry we're laughing but this is i mean it's serious serious business but he is old enough to drink and smoke um so while she was in the shed he drowned out her screams with deafening music which i feel like is terrifying and chaotic all in itself you know what i mean like can you imagine like being scared for your life and all you can fucking hear is 
who knows what kind of music. Let's call let's call it death metal. I don't know. Super loud music. Doesn't matter what it is. Christmas music, in my case. <laughs> yeah, that definitely seems a little chaotic, especially with how small it is. Yeah, like sensory overload. So she's tied up. She's blindfolded. All she can hear is this blaring music. Um, it's horrifying. Um, oh yeah. Hey, back to your question. Uh, did I mention that Keys had a live-in girlfriend? What? And also a daughter. Oh. I believe his daughter was, uh, 10 at the time. And she lived with them full time. Okay. I have so many questions. I have questions. Alyssa has questions. Are you holding your questions? I will hold my questions because I feel like you might answer them as we continue, but I will ask them. Okay. So he's clearly a fucking monster. Um, And this isn't even close to the worst of it, so... Keyes admits that, um, that Samantha is indeed dead, But buckle the fuck up, bitch, because it's about to get fucking way worse. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Um, So Israel Keys told Samantha that his only intention was to get ransom from her family, and then he would just let her go. He actually told FBI that that was never his intention, and he planned on killing her pretty much from the beginning. Um, And he only told her uh, that he was only keeping her for ransom. in his his words, he said, so that she didn't act out. I believe he said something along the lines of he didn't want her to, like, piss him off or try to escape. So he lied to her and calmed her down, kind of. Um, so Keys reveals that Samantha has been dead almost the entire time she has been missing. Oh, my God. And Alyssa Maine, I know what you're thinking. But Kaylee, you beautiful creature, what about the ransom note? What about the ransom note he sent her family? Hmm? You know, with the Polaroid from that same day, two and a half weeks after she was missing? Oh, my God. Do you remember? (laughs) Do you remember when I told you to buckle up because shit was about to get way worse? Well, guess what? Buckle the fuck up. So, after Keys, okay, this is going to blow your mind, as if your mind is not already blown. <laughs> after Keys got her back in the shed, he sent the message to her boyfriend, um, the one that said that she was staying with friends. Um, right. And he went on a little adventure to find her debit card. Where was her debit card, you ask? Right? That's what you asked? I thought is what I asked. Yep. <laughs> well, her and her boyfriend, Duane, had a joint account and shared a debit card, which is a little weird because they've only been dating for nine months, but we're not judging. Um. So her card was in his truck. Good. Yeah. So he went to her boyfriend's house. I'm not sure if it was if at this point he was at his house or if he was at her dad's house. But wherever the truck was, he went to her boyfriend's truck and he took Samantha's debit card out of the glove box 
of his truck on the night that she was abducted. And her boyfriend, I guess, like, saw him and actually almost caught him. But unfortunately, Keys, unfortunately, Keys was able to escape. Oh, my God. That is terrifying. He's pretty ballsy. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, who just openly goes and does something like that? But I guess when you want the money, you you find a way. Yep. Okay. So the same night, he abducted Samantha after securing the debit card and testing out her pin at a nearby ATM. He raped and strangled her. Oh, my God. Yes. Um, yeah. So what do you think he did after that? I I think I need, just need you to tell me because I can guess so many different things. You're right, Alyssa. He went on a cruise with his family the next day. What a crazy ass. A two-week cruise. Oh, my God. With his family. While her dead body is just freezing in his shed. Because it's February in Alaska, so it's cold. It's cold enough, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. So he left her body in the shed to freeze in the Alaska winter. Um. Then when he returned from his delightful cruise with his family, um, he... It's funny. It's not funny, but it's ironic that you said dolled up because in my notes it says he dolled her all up, braided her hair, and sewed her eyes open. What in the fuck? Yeah. Um, yeah, so he sewed, her, he sewed her eyes open before taking the picture of her lifeless body with that day's newspaper. That is so disgusting. Yes. So, let me get this straight. The picture you <laughs> sent me with her the newspaper, she was already dead? Yes. Sorry. That's why I said sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's so that makes more sense because like it's not that she looks lifeless but she's just so like straight face like yeah. there's no emotion like she doesn't look scared she doesn't look happy like wow yeah so she obviously she did not decompose during that time because she was frozen um so, the FBI agents uh, were in absolute awe, obviously, like we are right now, um, in awe and disgust of the monster sitting in front of them. Keyes says to the interrogator that there's no one in the world that actually knows him, and the only person that knows anything about what he has done is himself. I hate him. He's a cocky asshole. Um, but he claims to be two different people. Um, and the interrogator asks... How long have you been two different people? And he says, with a chuckle and a smile. They show this in the um, the thing, the documentary. And, like, listening to him, and it's just, I don't know, his, his little smirks. It's, like, fucking chilling. Listening to him talk about all the people that he's murdered, and he's just chuckling. A true fucking psychopath. 100%. Yeah. Um, but he told the officer, so when the officer asked, how long have you been two different people, he chuckled and smiled and said, 14 years. So indicating that he has been raping, torturing, killing for at least 14 years. 
Oh my god. Yeah. Um, a little, a little fun story that he uh, told the interrogators. Uh, they were asking like how he like puts up this facade and is like a normal person on the outside. You know what I mean? Like when you watch it, like he doesn't look like a murderer. Like he, I don't know. One of his idols is Ted Bundy. Not because like the way that he killed people, but just because he literally had an entirely different life and was a murderer. Carry on outside of it. Right. So he said that when he was a kid, his sister had a cat that would always get in the trash. So him and some of the neighbor kids, neighbor, neighbor kids, neighbor, yeah, I guess that works. Neighborhood kids <laughs> took the cat out into the woods and he shot the cat in the stomach with a BB gun and the cat was bleeding out. He tied the cat to a tree and just watched the cat flail around and run around the tree while it was dying. And he said that none of the neighbor kids ever talked to him again. So that's when he knew that that was time to keep that all to himself. So he didn't change. He just stopped doing that kind of stuff around people. So that's the point where he was like, maybe, maybe other people, maybe this isn't normal. Maybe other people don't need to see how crazy I am. So that's kind of when he started his second, second self, second identity. Spoken like a true serial killer. Yeah. Um, oh, which is, so he, he claims to, so he clearly doesn't give a fuck about cats, but he claims to never harm dogs. So he has that going for him. All right, everybody, your dogs are safe. Yeah, your dogs are safe, everyone. You're not safe, but the dogs are safe. Um, <laughs> so let me tell you how old this man is, okay? Or was, because he him's dead, okay? Let me pull out my calculator and do some math real quick. <laughs> what, what's the, what year? Sorry. Hello, I'm an ignorant. Okay, so he was 34 when he abducted Samantha. She was 18. So, of drinking and smoking age. <laughs> <laughs> of adult age. Yes. Anyway. Also, we don't give a fuck what he does because he's a terrible person and he can die of cancer or... Su- Alcohol. Or a, of suicide or something. You know, who, who knows? Who knows how he died? Um, I'll tell you. But, so let's talk about him. Uh, we'll talk about his early life. So, Israel Keys was born in Cove, Utah. On January 7th, 1978, to a large Mormon family, he was the second of 10 children. Wow. Yeah. uh, No wonder he uh, has some things. (laughs) Also, he was homeschooled. (laughs) So, he's weird. Just kidding. Not all homeschooled people are weird, but sometimes socially awkward. (laughs) Um, So when Keyes was five, the family rejected Mormonism and moved to an area near Colville, Washington. Have you ever been to Colville, Washington? I have not even been to Washington. I have. I've been to Yakima. Oh. It's neat. But anyway, (laughs) 
he did not live in Yakima. He lived in Colville. I don't know where they are in relation. Um, but they lived in a one-room cabin without electricity or running water. With ten oh. kids. Yep. One-room oh. cabin. Dear Lord. And I think most of his siblings were sisters. So that seems like a disaster. Yeah, no yeah. kidding. Um, so in Colville, Col, Colville, Colville, C-O-L-ville, Col, Colville, 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 Lowville, Lowville. <laughs> no, in Colville, the family uh, attended services at two churches, the Ark and Christian Israel Covenant Church, which practice white supremacy. So that's cool. Um, so Keyes later described this community as militia-like and Amish, which, I mean, they lived in a, basically lived in a shack with no running water or electricity. So I guess that kind of, that kind of checks out. All right. Um, so the Keyes, that's what I wrote. That doesn't seem right, but that, we'll go with that. So the Keyes. The Keys family, the kids, befriended the neighboring family of Chevy Kehoe, later convicted for a 1996 triple murder. So he has really good friends. Ah. So that's fun. Um, Keys renounced the Christian faith by his teenage years and eventually became interested in Satanism. I think after that, his parents kicked him out. Um, I hope which. Honestly, I would love to be fucking kicked out of a one fucking room cabin with nine sisters. I don't know if he had nine sisters, but most of them were sisters. I would rather live in the forest by myself, I think. So his family was a little, his family was a little bit racist. (laughs) Practice white supremacy. Uh, But all in all, his childhood wasn't absolutely terrible. You know what I mean? Like he didn't. Like, his parents were obviously religious and strict. Oh, who's this? <gasps> Kennedy Rose! I will hug you. Yes, you can hug me. <laughs> Guess who's on the phone? What? Auntie Lissa. What? Give me a hug. Hi, <laughs> Say hi. Hi. Say hi, podcast uh, people. Did you fart? No. You stink. No, Daddy did. Oh, Daddy farted? Okay, yeah. buddy, you gotta go. I'm recording. I love you so much. I love you not to go work. I'm not gonna go to work tomorrow. I'll be home with you. What's that butthead? You're a butthead. Right. Ah. Love you. Crazy mommy. Crazy mommy. This kid. She's awake. Um. <laughs> where are we? <laughs> Um, I so, what? I love she got from me, though. What? I love how excited she was about me. I know. She's a crazy, crazy mommy. I'm pretty sure she did fart, but anyway, it's a lingering. <laughs> um, we can talk about this on our, uh, parenting, not retreat, what I call it? Convention. Con- Convention? Conference. Conference. Sounds better. Bottomless tacos and margaritas hell yeah be there be square i'll send out invites Uh okay (laughs) so uh his uh 
family was a little culty, you know, a little sprinkle of white supremacy. But other than that, well, not yeah, terrible. Like, I don't think he was abused. At least he never talked about her. He never shared about it. You know what I mean? To the investigators. So, and yeah, I don't know. So, hmm, whatever. So that was uh, Keys as a kid. So as an adult, Keys lived in the Maca, Maca, sure, Maca Reservation community of Nia Bay, Washington, on the Olympic Peninsula. Guess what? What? This motherfucker was in the military. Oh, God. Served in the United States Army from 1998. I was four years old. From 1998 to 2001 at Fort Lewis, Fort Hood, and in Egypt. Which is funny because his name is Israel. He didn't serve in Israel, but whatever. Um. So <laughs> while at Fort Lewis, he served on a mortar team in the... 1st Battalion, this means nothing to you, the 1st Battalion, 5th Infantry, 25th Infantry Division. Cool. (laughs) Silence. 62. I just don't know what that means. 62. (laughs) Former Army friends of Keyes have noted his quiet demeanor and habit of being to himself, of keeping to himself. So I told you, he's socially awkward. Fucking weirdo. So, on weekends, he was reported to drink heavily, consuming entire bottles of his favorite drink, wild turkey bourbon. Never had it. Never had it. Not interested. Um, Keys would... What? Gross. I definitely... I'm pretty sure we have a bottle of something similar, but... Or we used to have the wild turkey. Yeah, no thanks. Hard pass for me, bro. I can't even smell fucking bourbon like whiskey oh. makes me fucking sick so oh. crown i like crown crown is good but that's like a girly whiskey but anyway <laughs> keys was also a fan of the hip-hop duo insane cloud posse which oh shit so you got some moves yeah well i don't know yeah murdering people Alyssa. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I guess he displayed uh, posters of the musical act in his barracks while he was in the army. Um, I want to say that he was discharged from the army due to a DUI or possibly multiple. I could be wrong, but he was a heavy drinker. And I think that's why he, I want to say that's why he was discharged. Good. Good, good. Um, so in 2007, Keyes started a uh, construction business in Alaska called Keys Construction while working as a handyman, contractor, and construction worker. So he owned his own business. And what year was that again? 2007. Okay. Are you taking notes? I'm taking notes. Are you adding up the numbers and hopefully they equal 62? I was going to say, 62 is going to come out come out here somewhere. I think it, I don't, I don't know if it is. <laughs> the magic number, I don't know. Okay. Okay, so back to the interrogation. Um, so after informing investigator, oh, yeah, investigators of her death, he then continued to tell them 
what he did with her body. <sighs> so he had to let her thaw out because she was frozen. So he had to let her thaw out before he dismembered her body and disposed of her in the Matanuska Lake. Oh my God. Yeah. So he built a small shelter on the frozen lake, which I guess is pretty common for like ice fishers. Ice fishermen, they do that in the Alaska. Um, Punch the fish in the face when they catch them. (laughs) I guess. We didn't go ice fishing. It was summer. But yeah, he straight up punched a fish. Jim, if you're listening, you're a psychopath. Anyway, (laughs) that poor fish. Okay, anyway. I'm crying now. Um, Flashbacks to my childhood. Fish being punched. Fish are not safe. (laughs) Okay, so he he built a shelter on the ice, cut a hole in the ice, and put her dismembered body in the hole. He made it. He made a day trip out of it, and he actually went ice fishing after that. In the same in the same hole. I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm laughing because I don't know what to do. Like awkward laughter. I don't know. I'm uncomfortable. I'm in danger. Okay, so the investigator asked him if he caught any fish. And Keys laughed and said that he did indeed catch fish. I don't know why the fucking investigator asked this. But he asked him if uh, what he did with them. Guess what he did with them. He froze them. He ate them. He punched them in the face and then he ate <laughs> He took them home and cooked them for dinner for him and his family. Okay, that is sick. And part of me was going to say, like, you know, when the investigator asked him if he caught anything, like, yeah, he caught her fucking arm or her foot. Like, so disgusting. Yeah. No, he tied, I think he tied something. He had to have tied something to them so that they sank to the bottom of the lake. I don't know. I don't know how ice fishing works, but yeah, he caught fish and then he ate them with his family. Ugh. Yep. Yeah. So, her body was recovered from the bottom of Matanuska Lake, um, indicating the horrible story that Keyes had told the investigators was indeed true. Um, so, the FBI the FBI thought there was no way that this was Israel Keyes' first kill and unfortunately they are uh or they were 100 correct yep so keys said all his other victims uh would never be linked to him because they were all throughout the country and they were all just missing persons reports right because that's how it works well the uh, only people that have uh, been linked to him are the people that he told the officers about. So he was kind of right, which is very unfortunate. Um, he did a lot of traveling. And there are a lot of missing persons like throughout the country on the daily, which is very unfortunate. But... You could go into, like, a fucking crazy rabbit hole of, like, people that are 
like what are the you know the string charts the red string charts like trying to connect who did what who done it the who done it charts yeah people do that with like linking or like overlapping his travel with the missing people so like if he was in New York and someone went missing in New York around the same time they're like oh my god it could have been him so it's a mess like there's a lot yeah that's so insane yes um god damn it it's been 30 minutes again i'm gonna have to pause us again and then we're gonna talk more about it okay pause it's a commercial why? damn it kid so I am super excited to announce that I just became a Beachbody coach. Uh, this means that I have full access to Beachbody On Demand, um, the app, the website. Um, I have ordered Shakeology, uh, the vegan chocolate, and then I have a green tea pre-workout on the way. So I'm super excited to get this started. Um, Beachbody On Demand literally has thousands and thousands of workout plans that you can try nutrition advice um they have access to live workouts you can do it in a group setting you just do it on zoom workouts um it's very cool um i feel like a lot of people hate on beachbody but those are probably the people that have never tried it so if you are interested in having access to thousands and thousands of workouts having access to um a group setting and being able to be in a group that helps you be accountable for your workouts and your uh fitness journey uh just send me a message on my instagram at fit underscore mamacorn or shoot me an email at kaylee underscore wells at yahoo.com and I can get you registered today. Unpause. Okay. <laughs> so, Keys, he was so confident that no, that none of his other victims would be linked to him um, unless he told the FBI about them. He made a deal with interrogators that he would give them more information about his other victims in exchange for the promise of a speedy execution and he wanted no media coverage of his crimes which seems impossible um so he wanted a speedy execution like speedy as in like less than a year so less than a year from the date that he was captured so he clearly was oblivious to how the judicial system works because People aren't fucking death row for years and years. And (laughs) Alaska at that time didn't have the death penalty. So I don't know what he was thinking, but. Are you there? Yes, I'm just listening. (laughs) You fell asleep. She's gone. Uh She's drunk. I done drank too much, and now I'm asleep. The bubbly. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So he didn't. He obviously didn't know that. He didn't know that it's almost impossible 
to get executed in less than a year. Um, but he didn't need to know that. Um, as long as the FBI could get what they needed out of him before that year was up. And before any information got leaked to the media. Um, so the reason he didn't want media attention or his name associated with any of the victims he claimed was because he didn't want his daughter to know what he had done. I'm sorry, but if you don't <laughs> want your uh, child to know that, maybe you shouldn't be doing that from the beginning. <laughs> That's literally what I wrote in my notes. I said, in that case, maybe, like, don't rape and murder people, maybe. But, yeah. Let's, uh, yeah. Just a thought. That. Probably, like, probably just, like, don't do that. Um, so after giving up everything about Samantha's disappearance and her death, he offered up some more information. Okay. So he shares his investigate. Oh, wait. He shares with the interrogators his first attempted murder. This is an attempted murder, okay? So this was in Oregon in 1997. A young girl was separated from her friends on a river tubing trip. He abducted her, took her into an outhouse, and raped her. Uh, He was ready to kill her uh, when he admitted that she got to him and he was... Oh, yeah. She got to him and he was... uh, Or she was asking him, like, personal questions about himself and, like, trying to humanize herself and him by, like, giving... Like, telling him her name and, like, asking him his name and what he does for a living and stuff like that. So she was trying to humanize the both of them to try and get out of it. And it worked. Um, So yeah, he did not kill her. So he ended up letting her go. And for months after that, he regretted it. And he was always looking over his shoulder, um, wondering if maybe she went to the authorities. Um, After that, he vowed to never let another victim live. Uh, Or just maybe not do any of that. Well, that's not an option, Alyssa. Do you know? Do you know Israel Keys? Apparently, nobody knows him. He's right. the only he one only that knows, knows him. <laughs> he only knows himself. Okay, sorry, I was drinking. So, okay, so the most terrifying thing about Israel Keys, and uh, why I think that he is extremely terrifying, is. His M.O. was literally to have no M.O. So I was going to ask that too, like, does, did, like, what was the point? Like, how did he choose his victims? So, uh, during an interrogation, Keyes told law enforcement, once I started, you know, there was nothing else like it. He just loved it, you know? Um, so he literally picked his victims at random. He would take trips around the United States in preparation for his kills, but he wouldn't always kill on these trips. Israel Keys would often rent cars when he traveled and then drive thousands of miles to locations where he wanted to kill. So the white Ford Focus that he was uh, arrested or when he, what he was driving when he was arrested, um, that was rental. Uh, and he had driven it over a thousand miles before being caught in Texas. Would you like to hear a funny story? <laughs> Tell me. Of course you do. You're fucking here, so I'm going to tell you anyway. Um, <laughs> so I heard on the uh, last podcast on the left. It's a very funny podcast. I don't know if you ever listened to it. I have not. No, but it's very funny. Um, 
but they talk about how Israel Keith, he thought that he was going to get caught because he saw the news about them putting an APB out for the white Ford Focus. So he returned the Ford Focus to the rental agency and asked for another vehicle. Guess what they gave him? A white Ford Focus. A white Ford Focus. <laughs> oh, so he, he, he got caught anyway. He thought he was one. fucking slick. Idiot. How do you ask for it? You're like, no, but like not not this one though. A different one. Can I get a red one? Um, okay, so do 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 Israel would often rent oh, I already said that. Everyone calm down, okay? Are you calm? I am big chilling. Okay, big chilling. Okay, so keys uh would build these caches of kill or caches 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 i want to call them caches because i think that's what they're called it's cash and then es i think it's just caches i think it's caches not cache cache all day so fancy okay so caches or kill kits and he would bury them around the country in areas he felt were good places to hunt is what he called it hunting for victims Okay, so he would have ropes. So this was literally like a Home Depot bucket, like an orange Home Depot bucket with ropes, trash bags, duct tape, Drano, lye, because Drano and lye helped speed up decomposition, um, some form of weapon, so usually a gun, um, zip ties, and dollar dollar bills, y'all, cash. All stored in a bucket and buried, buried, buried in a shallow hole, just in a random place where no one would find it, but he always remembered where they were. Good. Yeah. So in June 2011, Keys made use of one of these kill kits, one of these caches, caches. Um, in 2009, he buried the kit that he would later used in 2011 to abduct and murder a couple in Vermont. Two years after he originally buried it, and he remembered exactly where it was. Isn't that terrifying? That's awful. Like, it's so fucking... This is a meticulous planner. I don't know. I'm sure he has to have, like, marked it on a map or something. I don't know. They never found anything. Like, they searched his house and stuff, and they didn't find... Like, it's just up in his, it was up in his crazy-ass fucking brain. I don't know. It was, like, a, it was so thrilling for him. He just remembered it. I don't know. I don't know. Um, and then he says M.O. to couples, but I guess he doesn't have an M.O. Yeah. Well, he originally said that, I think he was just being, like, a cocky asshole and said that he was trying to abduct a couple when he was going to, or when he abducted Samantha he he wanted to abduct his or her boyfriend as well but he so when he abducted her he planned supposedly planned on abducting both of them but he doesn't really scope out like he scopes out the location but not necessarily like the individual so when he went to abduct Samantha he usually takes that person's car and uses that car as the getaway vehicle. But 
her boyfriend was picking her up, so she didn't have a car. So he had to use his own car. So that's why he thought he was going to get caught. Because he was hunting close to home. And he used his own vehicle as a getaway vehicle. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, so, so he would ch- simply choose, um, choose, choose based off of the location. And, um, in this couple's case, the fact that their home seemed to be, uh, kid and dog free, which he basically just said that like that causes less hiccups when there's no other. Also, he doesn't hurt animals. Or he doesn't hurt dogs or kids. So he said that after he had his daughter, he would never kill a kid. Which, well, this might be a second, this might be a two-parter because there's another victim that I want to talk about. But that is possibly linked to him, which is, yeah, which was a kid when he was, he was like 19 years old when he might have killed her. So it's funny that after not funny ironic it's ironic that after he had his daughter which was I don't know when he was in his 20s he says after I had my daughter I would never kill a kid so before that did you kill kids never never killed dogs he wouldn't kill a woman if she had a kid with her but like didn't give a fuck about dads so it's like, I, I don't understand. Like, it doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? Like, in his mind, it makes sense, but it just doesn't right. make any sense. A free, free for all. Yeah, pretty much. Everyone, hide your kids, hide your wife, and hide your husband, because they're <laughs> raping everybody out here. Don't worry about your dogs, though. Yeah, the dogs are safe. Everyone, the dogs are safe. Yeah, I think that's why it's so terrifying, honestly. Like, everyone everyone could have been at risk, you know? He travels the country. Like, who? he was in fucking Arizona, you know what I mean? Right. Could have been one of us. We were babies. Oh, he wouldn't get us. We were babies. We were baby babies. Were you even born? Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> in 2012. <laughs> uh, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was there. Okay, anyway, were you in California? No, I moved to Arizona in... Oh, I'm dumb. We met in 2009. I'm so stupid. Yeah. I hate myself. (laughs) I hate it here. I'm leaving. Goodbye. (laughs) Just kidding. I'm still here. I'm not hanging up on you. (laughs) Okay. When did... You were talking. When did you move to Arizona? It's very important to us. Um, I believe I moved to Arizona in 2006. 2006. Yeah, and then I, because I think I was there for a couple of years before I started high school. That makes sense. Well, yeah, you went to junior high out there, didn't you? Yeah. I'm not going to triangulate our, well, we don't live there anymore. Who gives a shit? Who gives a fuck? Who gives a fuck? My old address is, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> We both have relocated numerous times. Since. Send me fan mail, please. Oh, good lord. Send me Imagine. money. I have a Venmo. <laughs> Do you have a Venmo? Uh, please Venmo me at... You didn't even send me the video of you taking your birthday tequila shot. I'm hurt. 
okay, you know what? I did do it on Snapchat, and then when I went to send it, I don't it, have Snapchat. Never, it kept failing. Well, and I, I don't have it. I was for downtown, and there was zero service. Guess what? I wouldn't have gotten it because I don't have a Snapchat anymore. Ah, fuck. I always forget about that. Sorry. I told you I'm lame. But it's still, I still have you on there, so I bet you if you were to log into it, you would see it. Well, well I have tequila that- at this house, so maybe at this house. That was a weird thing to say. Maybe we'll take a tequila shot after we're done here. Do you have tequila? Oh. I do have tequila. <gasps> okay, it's happening. Everyone, take a tequila shot with us at your at the conference. Are we calling it a conference? It's the parent-teacher conference of <laughs> No, the parent dog mom conference. <laughs> the margar and bottomless margarita and taco conference. Do I have four bottoms? Four bottoms? What did you say? <laughs> Bell bottoms? We can wear all kinds of bottoms at this bottomless I almost said mimosa bar. <laughs> it's a bottomless bar, not a topless. <laughs> okay. We're doing anyway. great. Yeah, we're doing great. It's going really well. We should, like, be for professionals. That's my dream. Do you know that? Have I told you that's my dream? No, I didn't know that. It's my dream. It became my dream in 2019 when I created my original podcast. <laughs> so crazy. Yeah, but I want to be a stay-at-home podcast mom. Hey, I'm with it. I want to be a stay-at-home dog mom. Well, we'll be podcaster moms together, dog moms. We'll just have conferences. Bottomless, we got to get a caterer. <laughs> Bottomless taco and margarita caterer, and we're good. We're just going to travel the world. <laughs> oh, shit. That'd be great, honestly. Ooh, sign me up. Sign me up. Okay. I am channeling my inner Brit and Ashley, so <laughs> I hope I'm doing well. I think we're doing fabulous. It's going to be fabulous. Okay, back to uh, Essex, Vermont. <laughs> okay. <gasps> back to the terrible stuff. So, no kids, no dogs. That's why he picked their house. Because there are no toys outside and they look like, I don't know, their house looked clean. So, he didn't think they had kids. I don't know. Um. So, on June 8th, 2011 in Essex, Vermont, Bill and Lorraine Courier went missing from their home. Just like Key said, the couple was only classified as a missing persons case, not a homicide. So, Keys came up or Keys came upon the the Courier home a little after midnight after walking on foot from his nearby hotel. He cut the phone line I guess he did this, like, mostly to check uh, for a home security system. Because if the, like, if the wire is cut, then the alarm automatically goes off. So he waited around to see if the cops showed up because he cut the line. But they did not have an alarm system. So after he waited a little bit, um, he made his way into the house by removing a fan from a window from the home, attached to the garage, and climbed in. Um, You know, like those AC unit things that people have in windows? Yeah, where you, like, 
put it in there and the window shuts kind of on it. Yeah, that's terrifying. Apparently they are very easy to get out and murderers crawl in. Hide your kids, hide your wife. Yeah. <laughs> hide your husband. <laughs> okay, <laughs> they murder and everybody out here. Okay, so from there he used a crowbar. He found this crowbar in their garage. Um so he found the or he found this crowbar, he broke the window in the garage and gained access into the house. He made his way into the kitchen in what he called a in through the kitchen in what he called a blitz attack. And uh he said that that took literally seconds to get to make it all the way through the house into the couple's room. So Keys made in made his way to the couple's bedroom where he found Bill, fifty years old, and Lorraine 55 they were asleep the couple woke up to see a man dressed in all black wearing a headlamp which is that's fucking terrifying can you imagine i don't want to imagine well yeah (laughs) (laughs) so armed with a gun um he tied the couple up with zip ties his favorite tool um keys took the handgun lorraine had kept in the home for a for protection along with their cell phones and then forced the couple to get into their own vehicle before driving them to an abandoned farmhouse he scoped out earlier that day. Um, So Keyes tells interrogators that Bill and Lorraine kept insisting that he had the wrong person, um, not realizing they had just fallen victim to a random attack from a crazy sociopath. So they literally thought that, like, he was taking them for ransom as well. Like he thought that maybe it was a drug deal gone wrong or Bill and Lorraine thought that it was like, they just got the wrong house, you know, like they just thought right. mistaken identity. Um, and like I said, he took their car. So that was his original plan with Samantha, but she did not have a vehicle. So he took their car and took them to this abandoned farmhouse. Um, once they arrived at the abandoned farmhouse this is where it gets really bad so i'm sorry this is like i don't i'm sorry uh so once they arrived at the farmhouse um keys tied bill to a stool in the basement while he left lorraine in the car when keys returned he found lorraine had escaped from the front seat of the car and was trying to run uh to the main road but he tackled her and dragged her into the bedroom of the home Uh, tying her arms and legs to the bed. Keyes then heard Bill shouting for his wife. When Keyes went to check on him in the basement, he discovered that Bill had nearly freed himself. This this pissed Keyes off. um, His words, not mine. Um, So in an interview, he literally said, that pissed me off because there's a specific way I want things done and I have the whole thing planned out. I have everything I need to do. Um, so after this, Keyes claimed to have lost control. Um, he repeatedly struck Bill with a shovel before taking out a gun and fatally shooting him multiple times in the head. I guess he literally emptied, like, the entire magazine. Like, oh my God. like super excessive. Like, he was clearly a loose cannon. Like, he fucking just lost it. Um, right. So Keyes returned to the bedroom where he cut Lorraine's clothes off with a knife and raped her twice. Um, After this, he brought her to the basement 
and laid her next to Bill, um, next to his bloody corpse. Um, then he sat her down on a bench and strangled her from behind with a rope, uh, ultimately ending her life. Jesus Christ. Yes. Um, so I thought, um, I thought I read somewhere that after he strangled Lorraine, he tied zip ties around her neck, uh, just in case she woke up. I thought like I was making him into like a scarier serial killer than he really was. But then I started to find it in like other places. So that is accurate. Um, which is, you know how hard a zip tie is to get off? Yeah. Can you imagine like impossible? Right. Can you imagine like waking up from that and you're just like slowly getting re strangled by a zip tie and then you, you know, that's just. Yeah. <sighs> Those poor people. I know. Um, yeah. So after that, um, obviously they were both, they were both dead. Um, Keys doused the bodies with Drano. So he had that in his little kill kit. Um, so he doused the bodies with Drano, then tossed them into a corner of the basement, covering them with debris before he left. And I guess he just, like, he just doused them in Drano and, like, put them, their entire bodies, like, covered them in trash bags. Like, just two trash bags each, you know what I mean? Like, one on the yeah. each end and just, like, covered them in multiple trash bags and covered them in whatever he could find in the basement. Um, so a quote from, uh, from the oxygen, uh, true crime news article, uh, it is clear from the, it is clear from facts of this case that though confronted with death, Bill and Lorraine showed extraordinary bravery and extreme dedication and love to one another. They fought until the end. Um, which I know like I'm freaking getting, like, it's hard not to get caught up in the, like, the serial killers and, but it's really, like, it's about the victims, you know, and it's, I don't know, it's these, I don't know, these ones are really hard, so I believe uh, their family actually has a memorial for them in Essex, Vermont, where they lived, so, uh-huh. yeah, it's pretty crazy. It is insane. Yeah, and um, so they, uh, obviously, when the investigators found out about this when he gave them this information they immediately sent like forensic crews out to that abandoned uh farmhouse and it was demolished good so like no evidence yeah so it was demolished um do you want to hear something not funny um so the the uh crew uh, the construction crew that was, like, working on the demolition, uh, they were interviewed, and they're like, oh, yeah, on the day that it, we were going to demolish it, there's a really weird smell. Like, it smelled like something was dead. But they just thought it was an animal, so they just did it anyway. So nobody went uh, in the basement. Nobody, like... Actually looked. Right. So, yeah, everything was just, I mean, their bodies were taken to the dump, and they were, they've literally never been, I think, like, a jawbone or something was found of one of them, but other than that, there's, like, there's nothing. But. 
Wow. I wonder if um, those companies maybe will change, like, I wonder if they've changed their uh, protocols and actually have to do looking around before they just demo it. Yeah. Well, I talked to Chris a little bit about it and because he does construction and shit like that. And he was like, well, yeah, there's usually like inspectors and stuff that go through that walk through the house way before they actually do the demos, like way before the demo crew comes in. So, I mean, maybe he did it in between the, you know what I mean? In between the investor, the inspectors and the demo crew going in I don't know like it just I don't know doesn't seem like proper protocol to me but also what do I know but if something if something smells dead it's probably not just an animal it's probably a dead body okay let's just live by that it's probably a dead fucking body um yeah okay I'm trying to decide if we want to continue or if we want to do another episode. Because I have a few more victims to talk about. How long is it right now? I don't know. <laughs> Over an hour and a half. Um, how long are your things usually? Because I don't care. I'm just getting hungry. Oh, she's snacking. She's straight snacking. Okay. Um, well, we can, we can chug along. It might be another 30 minutes, but we can chug along and then there still might be another episode. I don't know if that's okay with you. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Okay. As long as I'll be back because I feel like I'm doing an awful job. You're doing incredible. You will have a second interview. (laughs) We're going to quit our jobs. God, I wish I could quit my fucking job. If anyone from my job is listening, I love it so much. Um, okay, so... My notes are very sporadic because I'm... That's just who I am as a person. Um, if you listened to my podcast yesterday, you know that. The circle jerking of my brain. You remember. I remember. I wish I had a bell because I need another drink. I'm going to text Chris and see if he brings me one. Everybody stand by. I'm going to pause it while I do this because it's almost 30 minutes, okay? Okay, and we're back. This is white claw number two. How many bubblies have you had? I have had two bubblies. Damn, I gotta catch up. I'm sweating. I don't know why I'm so sweaty. Okay, so this part is gonna be a little bit sporadic, um, but this is um, kind of gonna be like his travels and like a a brief timeline of like possible victims because at this point, like Keys is kind of catching on to like he's not gonna get executed within that year so he's kind of like leaving breadcrumbs but like vacuuming them up right as he's dropping them you know what I mean (laughs) so it's gonna get a little sporadic and it's like I don't know it's a lot of not hearsay but like you know what I mean it's not backed by hard evidence right it's borderline a theory uh, 
some of them. Um, but he starts to tell them about um, 2001. He moved to Nia Bay, Washington. Um, so 2001, uh, in the Olympic National Park, um, a couple, he murdered a couple with a shovel. No names. That was victim number two and three. Um, the same year that his daughter was born. So 2001. Um, so, like, if their bodies were ever found, they would have just been missing people or, you know what I mean? Like, they don't know what the fuck happened to them because they're literally in the middle of a forest. Who knows when they were found? Um, so, like I said, he's kind of right about them not linking people to him if he doesn't tell them. So he literally just gave them this information, this location, and how he killed them, but didn't know their names or didn't share their names. So that's victim number two and three. Um, so at this point, he is a general contractor around Nia Bay, Washington. Uh, coworkers and other peers had no hint. Like, like I said, he was just like a normal guy. Um, after his daughter was born, he said he would never kill a child. See, here's where this comes into play. I jumped ahead. Um, so he would never, yeah, 62. (laughs) So he would never kill a child, a mother that had a child with her. But if you're a mother without a child, how's he going to know? You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. It doesn't make any sense. Like it's so like it, I don't know. It makes sense in his fucking mind, but it doesn't make sense. So, won't kill a mother with a child and surprisingly never harmed a dog. Um, cats, fuck cats, right? No, don't. Freaky. No, I love cats. Um, but never a dog. Um, he's a saint, clearly. Like, I don't know. I don't know why anyone would ever think different. He's amazing. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I feel like people are going to like cut certain parts of what I'm saying and just make a shit Nobody cares about me that I'm not I'm not famous. Nobody cares about me that much to do that. <laughs> to sabotage yeah. me. Blackmail, Alyssa. We're gonna quit our jobs and do this full time. We're gonna be famous. We are famous. You're famous in my heart. Aw, friend. Aww. Aww. <laughs> that was so cute. Oh, I love you. I love you, bitch. I know I love you, bitch. <laughs> Okay, so 2005, <laughs> 2005 and 2006, uh, victims number four and five, somewhere in Washington, but that's really all the details that he gave them. So, like I said, very fucking breadcrumb. Right. Yeah. So, um, the victims were disposed of in Lake Crescent, west of Port Angeles. Port Angeles, Port, mm-hmm. is that right? Yeah. Yep. Port Angeles, Washington. What victims? He wouldn't say. So, yeah, we don't know the names. We just know where he disposed of their bodies. So, um, six months into investigators interrogating uh, Keys, um, they su- suspect he's killed at least eight people. Um, at least five potential victims just in Washington state alone. Um, after five years, if being in, after five years of being in Washington with his daughter and her mother, 
which he was married. So I think that he, so he had a, a fiance when he was in the army and then he got out of the army and they were going to get married. And then he met his daughter's mom and then she got pregnant. So he broke it off with his fiance and then married the mother of his daughter. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So does his wife not ever notice any weird things or things that were odd or off about him? No. He he was two different people, Alyssa. Well, I get that, but there's got to be like no. He never he flag. he just fucking was a general contractor. Like he owned his own business. He fucking traveled all the time. Did what he wanted. Did air quotes projects in other states and traveled to visit family supposedly, which he doesn't have any family, <laughs> none that like him. So right. he was just murder trips. I don't know. But, yeah. So she, yeah, she didn't, I mean, not that I know of. They really don't say much about her because she's, yeah, I'll get into it. So his daughter, yeah. After five years of being in Washington with his daughter and uh, his wife, so his daughter's mom, he moves to a, oh, God damn it. He comes to a crossroads in his personal life and decides that his baby mama is struggling with alcohol and addiction as and is an unfit mother. He's a fucking rapist and a murderer. And, and he was an alcohol like he was a fucking you know what I mean? Like he was an alcoholic. Right. Well, when he was in the military at least, I don't know what he did after his daughter. He became normal, I don't know. But you know what I mean? Like, what a fucking, what a hypocrite. Exactly. He's an unfit father. He's an unfit person. (laughs) Not compatible with life. Yeah, he shouldn't even have a dog. (laughs) (laughs) All dogs hate him. I hope they did. I I hope all dogs just bit him every time they saw him. He might like dogs, but dogs don't like him. Okay. (laughs) With that being said, in 2007, he gains full custody of his daughter, and moves to Anchorage, Alaska. So he opened his own contracting business in Alaska called Keys Construction. It's legit. Like, it's real. Like, they they did shit, you know? Which is funny because, not funny, but I keep saying that. It's ironic. Like, when his pickup truck was, like, broadcasted or whatever in... Alaska, like Anchorage, like Alaska, a lot of people know each other in like small towns and stuff. So it's like, it was weird that nobody recognized his truck, especially because it was a work truck. Right. So it's just, I don't know. Um, But yeah, like he owned his own business. Like how would people not recognize? I guess he didn't have a logo on the truck or anything. So maybe that's why, but everybody has a work truck. That's a Chevy, Chevy Silverado. A white Chevy Silverado, yeah. yeah. Um, but Keyes told investigators in the spring of 2009 he claimed to be heading to the East Coast to visit family. Um, in that time frame, he said he had committed a homicide. Thanks. Thanks for telling us so so many details. Um, so investigators um, slash computer forensic teams. How neat is that? 
um, went to work and were scouring his computer and browser history for any searches, uh, searches of news articles of missing persons reports. Uh, they got a hit on a missing persons case that Keyes seemed to be um, very interested in. Uh, the missing person was Deborah Feldman. Um, she was a, a woman that the FBI had identified as gone missing around the, around this time. She was, uh, gone missing around this time. Someone, God, Jesus Christ. Am I, am I drunk? (laughs) My brain is circle jerking itself. Circle jerking. We'll get back around to it. We'll get back around to it. We'll figure it out in the end. Other people might not know what I'm talking about, but we kind of know what we're talking about. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Maybe more alcohol will help. Okay. <laughs> so, circle jerking. Right. Um, so, Deborah Feldman was a woman that the FBI had identified as gone missing um, around this time. So, around the time that he was... In whatever area she was in. I think it was New York. It's probably in here somewhere. Um, So she was someone who was estranged from her family. And they had just assumed that she had got or had run off on her own volition. She was said to have lived a very high risk life. um, Suffering from addiction. May have even lived on the street for some time. Um, unfortunately, due to this, her case had very little media attention, which made it even more suspicious when her name appeared in Keyes' search history. So I actually think that he was, like, trying to find the missing report of her on his computer, and he spelled her name wrong or, like, put her name in multiple times, like, trying to find um, the correct spelling so that, like, that's why... The FBI is like, that's fucking weird. Like, why why would he care so much about, like, a missing homeless woman? Right. You know what I mean? Like, trying to, like, search her name four different times, trying to figure out how to spell her name to find information on her. It just doesn't make any sense. Like, nobody knew, nobody knew her because it wasn't well covered. Because, like they said, she had a high-risk lifestyle. They just thought she ran away. She was just a missing person. Um, so with this newly found information, investigators pulled together photos of numerous missing persons throughout the country. Um, one of which had been, uh, one of the photos was Deborah Feldman. Keys flipped through the photos with no reaction to any of their faces. That was until he came across the photo of Deborah. With her phone, or with her photo, his whole demeanor changed. He acted strange and fumbled over his words when asked if he knew her. He refused to answer any questions about her and insisted that he had never met her, or never met her, or seen this woman before. Um, so my thought is, uh, he was slowly losing control in the uh, in the interrogation room. So like they were on to him. He said that they'll never find out about anything that he did without him telling them. And somehow they fucking found out. So he's, he doesn't know what to do with himself. He's losing control. So he's just getting pissed off, you know? Uh-huh. Um, so his outburst, um, 
His outburst in reference to Feldman's case drew detectives to strongly believe that Keyes was involved in her disappearance. So I think that, I think that, um, so she is one of the people that is linked to him just because of this. Like, they haven't found her body. Like, they don't have any, like, solid evidence. But due to the fact that he acted this way and he was in the same location when she went missing, like, they link him, or yeah, they link him to her death. Um, there are 11, I believe, that they think they're, yeah, there are 11, what am I trying to say? He has 11 victims, is what um, the FBI thinks, because he, they asked him, like, flat out, like, how many, how many people have you killed? And he, he just said, Less than a dozen. So, hmm. yeah. 62. What? That's 62. Yeah, 62. Not 62. Um, close. Pretty close. A little bit off. Um, do, 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 do. So, most Euro killers uh, get caught because their body count starts to pile up. But because Keys is so meticulous, all his victims essentially disappeared. Like he said, they're just missing persons. Um, so the reason he was caught, oh wait, no, the reason he was so successful killing, oh my god, uh, Alyssa. You got this. I'm dying. <laughs> my words are not working. My brain's broken. My brain's circle jerking. <laughs> I'm 16. I'm a grandmother. <laughs> I think about that video too much. That's so fun. <laughs> the only, uh, okay, wait. Near to near. Most serial killers get caught because their body count starts to pile up, but because Keys is so meticulous, all his victim, victims essentially disappeared. The reason he was such a successful killing machine was because he knew how to avoid getting caught. The only victim's uh, bodies that was, the only victim's body that was, Recovered was Samantha's, but that was only because he'd led them directly to where he disposed of her body. He was extremely good at not leaving evidence. Deborah is the ninth victim. The FBI was able to connect to Keys. Um, though her body has never been recovered, his whereabouts at the time... See, look it. I should have just kept reading. <laughs> his whereabouts at the time of her disappearance supports the theory that she is one of his victims. He never confirmed or denies his involvement. Essentially, he just keeps saying he doesn't want to talk about it. Fuck mm. him. Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. Yeah. But obviously, it had to have happened that was, like, really personal with that one, yeah. that victim. But it's, like, a sensitive situation. Mm-hmm. Which, obviously, he's not a sensitive person, but... Maybe he's just embarrassed. Like, maybe maybe she got away and he had to find her. You know what I mean? Like something, maybe something just happened and he wasn't happy that it didn't go as planned. So maybe he just, you know what I mean? He doesn't want to share that one. <laughs> right. Cause he says he's, he has a plan with everyone. So mm-hmm. yeah. Ridiculous motherfucker. Yeah. Um, okay. So Deborah Feldman, uh, she 
was said to have gone missing on April 9th, 2009 in Hackensack, New Jersey. I was close, New York, New Jersey. If anybody from those places are listening, they're probably going to punch me in the face. <laughs> they're like, <laughs> not even close. Not even close, bro. I don't know what the accent is. New York. I don't know. I'm going to get hit. <laughs> I'm going to get stabbed. Okay. Um, so April 11th, 2009, a bank in Tupper Lake, New York was robbed. Oh, yeah. Did I mention that he uh, also fucking robbed banks? Uh, no, this is the first time you've mentioned. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So most places he, ro- uh, yeah, most places he robbed a bank, he also murdered. Um, these bank robberies were helped. Uh, were to help fund his murder excursions, along with providing cash for his kill kits. Good. So this motherfucker is just traveling the fucking world, murdering and bank robbing. Bank robbing. How easy is robbing a bank? I would like to find out. Google? (laughs) I'm going to get arrested. We're going to jail. I can't go back, (laughs) Alyssa. I can't go back to jail. Well, I'll I'll, I'll, uh, break you out. Will you put money on my commissary? (laughs) I got to buy cigarettes. I got to sell them. You got to sell them to sell them for protection. Okay, anyway, before I start talking about 60 Days In, because we've been watching that show and I think I would be fine, I would fight some bitches. Anyway. Um, so April, April 9th, he robbed a bank because he's a bank robber too. Also an arson. He likes to light fires. So he's, he's a lot. He's very extra. He's a winner. Yeah, definitely. Um, he was a winner because him is dead. Um, okay. So it seemed that he would rob banks after committing a murder to get an extra rush of adrenaline after the fact. Everything okay, is just no, yeah. doing all the other stuff wasn't enough. Murder's not enough, yeah. So he would rob a bank afterwards so that he would have, you know what I mean, like an extra boost of adrenaline so that he wouldn't have to murder right away. Good. Yeah, good, good. Um, so 2009 to 2012, he started getting pretty ballsy. Um, his crimes were getting closer and closer together. Uh, because he was literally getting away with murder for nearly 14 years at this point. Um, he needed that kill or that thrill kill, uh, that, that adrenaline rush we were just talking about. Um, in mid 2011, Keyes finds himself unable to wait for his next trip out of town and begins stalking his next victim a little too close to home. Um, near Earthquake Park in Anchorage, Alaska, Keys was lurking in the bushes. What a creep. Um, he's a lurker. He was lurking in the bushes, waiting, stalking his next victim. He's got his eyes, or he got, ooh, he's got his eye on a couple in the park. His intention was to shoot them both, which he really doesn't shoot people that often. He likes to strangle them. Um, but uh, Keyes says he had he was bored and amped up. He chose the victims at random. It was a case of wrong place, wrong time, much like all the other victims. Before Keyes could pull the trigger, a police car pulled up to the sh- or to shoo the couple away. 
I guess the park was closed, maybe after hours, I guess. I don't know. Um, so with this, Keys contemplated a triple homicide. So he's just going to kill the couple and the cop. Um, that, what? that was everything. Well, well, that was until a uh, backup came and there's another cop car. So he's like, mm, better not. So, yeah, so he did not kill that night. Um, so with his willingness to hunt in Anchorage, Alaska, so that's so close to home, um, he was feeling untouchable. By March of 2012, his behavior grows increasingly erratic as he travels the Southwest with Samantha's cell phone and ATM card. Two months after Samantha's murder and just days before his arrest, Keyes decides to reach out to his family despite the falling out when he was a teenager. So now he's in his 30s, but he's just reaching out, reaching out to his family that loves him so much. Having a midlife crisis. Right, something. He was a, not a midlife crisis. He ended his life very early, so he was at, he was at his end. Um, on his little, uh, trek cross country through Texas, he managed to make it to his sister's wedding just days before he was apprehended. How fun. Good for him. Yeah. You go, Glenn Coco. (laughs) He was said to have caused a huge scene at his sister's wedding. Um, I guess he like yelled at the priest, (laughs) um, which is fun. That sounds like a great party. Um, he had a huge outburst ranting about how no one knows him or what he has done. There it is again. Nobody fucking knows him. Um, he's a real fucking bummer. I, I, uh, I bet his sister wishes that he never fucking came back into her life. Right. He's a piece of shit and a real live, uh, wedding crasher. He's trash. I was going to call him a trash panda, but trash pandas are cute. He's Nothing about the good. He's just garbage. He seemed to be unra- or unraveling quickly and may have sensed uh, the end was near. The FBI believed that before his killing spree comes to an end, between killing Samantha and getting arrested, he had time for one final act of evil. Keyes offers up information of an arson that he committed in Texas, burning down a home or burning down a house. He called it a hoarder house. Over eight months, the FBI had interviewed Keyes 25 times, scoring a few breakthroughs, but he also or he was slowly beginning to disintegrate. Oh my god, disintegrate? That's that's not what it says. It says disengage. Maybe you should read the notes. <laughs> Be- yeah, that's going to fuck everybody up. It's like we're switching off. Like you read one line like we're in school. You read one paragraph. I'll read the next. Okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. What a clusterfuck that would be. If this isn't a clusterfuck enough, that would be a wild clusterfuck. Um, okay, so beginning to disengage from his willingness to offer information. November 30th, 
investigators convince Keyes to give up some of the locations of his kill kits using Google Maps and a video drone. Did they have those? That's wild. Why do I think that in 2012 we had nothing? Was internet even around? Kaylee, we went to a high school with cops. Like, I know. I know. It just seems so long ago. Back in my day. That is my day. I'm a grandma. I'm a grandmother. We walked to school uphill both ways with our laptops. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay. Drones. Google Maps. Google Maps was around? I don't know. Was it? What was the other maps? Just called Maps, wasn't it? MapQuest. MapQuest. Maps. Maps. (laughs) I'm the map. I'm the map. Oh, God. MapQuest. That shit was wonky as fuck. How do you... I still don't know directions. I'm embarrassed to say. I probably shouldn't even say it. You guys probably think I'm an idiot. Everywhere I go, even if I know where I'm going, I put I put my map on. I do, too, just because I like to see how long it's going to take me, if there's traffic. Right. What if, um, I have, what if I hit my head and have amnesia and I don't know where I'm going? Well, then, you know, I feel like you might not even be able to put drive. the location on your map. But if it's already in... It's it's already in. Put into there. If I'm already driving and then suddenly an accident happens, I don't. My seatbelt comes undone and I hit myself in the face. I don't know. Anyway, I always it's yeah. <laughs> at that point, like I worked, I worked at the base for almost eight years, and every day, every day I went to work, I had my maps on. Same. <laughs> I literally just took one road. I just. Took the highway, but I always had my maps on. But yeah, it tells you like how when you're gonna get there. Your ETA. I sent you my ETA this morning. I don't know what the fuck my phone was doing. Oh, it, I'm glad you made it safe. It sent it to you, Chris, and then like one of my Beachbody coach friends. So weird. It's very strange. And my dad. He didn't say anything to me. He doesn't care. He's like, <laughs> he didn't even say, "You good, dog." Okay, after this, we'll talk about my mom, but we'll, sorry, we'll, I'll tell you a story. We, we talked about dads. Let me tell you about my mom in a second. Okay, we're talking about this, though. We're talking about video drones, okay, and maps. Okay, so he helps them find some of his kill kits using Google Maps and video drones. Um, a virtual scavenger hunt. How fun. Um, yeah. Orchestrated by a fucking madman. Uh, so uh, he gave... Wait, this gave Keyes the opportunity to regain some control. December 2nd, 2012, Anchorage, Alaska, Keyes was found dead in his prison uh, cell. And as what? You're breaking up. Prison cell. By, like, did he... I'll tell you. Tell him you just think he died at 35? Straight up died. Dead. D- died of evil. Died of evil. Evil was seeping through those veins. 
Okay. Okay. Goddamn. I gotta pause it again. <laughs> he died of evil. The end. Can't. It's not the end. Okay. Okay. He did not die of evil. Listen, Maine. Uh, he had <laughs> committed suicide by slitting his wrist with a razor blade and uh, hanging himself with a rolled up bed sheet. Um, that's a double whammy. Keyes refused to spend his life in jail. The opportunity arose to end his life, and he jumped at it. Pun intended. Um, <laughs> how do you get a razor blade? I don't know. Well, I mean, it's prison, like. Yeah, well, I told you, I've been watching 60 Days In. Yeah, 60 Days In, you can hide anything in your fucking hoochie. Your coochie. Your coochie. You can hide anything anywhere. People put it everywhere. I don't anyway. Razor blade. Yep. Um, but he ultimately did not bleed out. He ultimately died from strangulation. From hanging himself with a bed sheet. Um, so Keys offered up only information he wanted. Um had full control of the situation when in the interrogation room when he was done sharing he was done and took matters into his own hands with his own death penalty um he left a long and super dramatic suicide note uh clutched in his bloody hands um there were poems in it so it's like a murder psychopath poetry slam um yeah it was very dramatic. I don't have any excerpts from it. Maybe if we do a part two, I'll read you a little bit of it. But um, the main reason I wanted to do this, like at this, at this current moment, um, was there was recently information released from the FBI. Um, the drawings, I'll send them to you. They're very creepy. Sent. I'll post those too. Um, but these are his artistic slash demonic drawings. Do you see them? Yeah. What does that one say? We are one? We are one. So there's 11. There are 12 pictures. One of them is like a satanic goat thing. But... They all have, like, upside-down crosses on their heads, so whatever. He's saying we are one because they're all, now he's dead with them, which is disgusting. But that's part of his suicide note as well. But this was recently released, and I want to say they're still doing, like, open investigations and trying to link through, like, a whodunit chart, like I said, and, like, try and find, like, when he was in certain areas and who went missing when and you know what I mean so that they can try and find yep. the rest of these people because like they said Deborah Feldman was the what I say ninth or seventh um I believe you said ninth but don't quote me on that I'm quoting you this is why I need notes sorry oh my <laughs> god my what is happening oh i was on the wrong page I'm trying to find something nine 62 62 
Okay, we're clicking through. Sorry, I'm clicking in your ears, people. Um, but yeah, so there's 11 pictures of faces. Guess how he drew those? With his blood. I thought you were going to say poop. <laughs> I don't know why I thought you were going to say poop. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen I'm... Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs? Yes. He And he's like... Oh, where'd you get Steve? Where did you get the the brown crayon? It's like that's not a brown crayon. <laughs> it's coloring <laughs> with poop. Um, yeah, it's blood. <laughs> I kind of figured because it's not red and it's also like they're old. You know, they're old and it looks, you know, like when blood oxidizes, it kind of oh turns that. God, you're weird. so smart. You know, she was the ninth victim. Yes, you're right. Yes, nailing it, two for one. Yes, you are taking notes. Yeah, so this was recently released, and then, like I said, they're trying to link missing persons to Israel Keys. So they think that he, I mean, he didn't really lie about anything, so they're kind of taking a dead man's word by assuming that he, or you know what I mean, taking his word for it that there were only 11 so, he seemed to be pretty truthful. A terrible fucking human being, but truthful. So, that's why, that's what they think these uh, skulls are. These are victims. of the 11 people. What? Are of the 11 people yes. that he killed? Yep. And maybe he just liked even numbers, so that's why he drew the satanic goat. I don't know. Or maybe he's the satanic goat. Maybe. Oh, he's dead too. You're right. He's the 12th victim. Or maybe there's only... <gasps> Alyssa, are we cracking this code? Maybe there's only 10 victims. And the one that says we are one is him. It definitely could be. Because, you know, he did say less than a dozen. Which is... Could be 11, could be 10, could be 4. It's not 4, but. <laughs> I think we're on to something. We are certainly on to something. But it couldn't be, because Deborah, I don't know. We're, we've cracked the code. 62. Everyone's going to be annoyed. I'm trying to, I'm trying to clickbait my episodes so that people listen. So we got to figure out what to clickbait them. 62. Give him a math problem. <laughs> What's the answer? Well, it could be, um, should I just lost it? <laughs> sorry. Garbage. <laughs> Garbage. <laughs> well, I don't want to be done. I love you so much and I miss your beautiful face. I miss your beautiful face. Are we done? Did you put pause? Did you push pause? No. Oh, are you still recording? Yeah. Oh well, I hope you edit this last part out because I we're just not. rambling. I'm not gonna edit it out. Would you like to hear a story about my mom? She's not gonna listen to this. There's no way my brother is gonna snitch and listen this far into this. Almost two hours in, he's not gonna listen. Do you want to hear a story? I'm ready. Guess where my mom is. Where? <laughs> In Ohio. 
No kidding. Dead. Serious. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. We should be done and then we can continue this conversation offline. Okay. Turn off the drones. Turn off the... I'm going to look up a 2012 drone. What do you think they exist? I believe it. Because that's what they said on the internet. They can't put anything on the internet that's not true. He's a French model. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, super weird. We were just... You're still recorded, I'm just saying. Um... Sorry, the dogs are running around, but um, I was sitting in the office. I had to walk out of there because I just got a little creeped out. Um, I was sitting on the couch, and the screen on the computer was black, and then all of a sudden it, like, lit up. I didn't touch the remote. Nowhere near the remote. Kind of creeped out. (laughs) Israel, is that you? Don't even. (laughs) I'm glad he's in your room, not mine. As my Don't laptop slams. Just kidding. Oh, I'm scared. Okay. Well, if anyone uh, has anything to say about what we're talking about, or if anyone else has been possessed by Israel Keys, like my friend Alyssa Main here, <laughs> <laughs> then please share that story with us. Share that story. Um, my podcast email is am I just cray at gmail.com. That's C R A Y. Am I just cray at gmail.com. Yeah. Send me, send me things. I told them no dick pics yesterday. We Tell should them. totally do like a Q and a to ask us anything. That would be fun. Can we, can you, I don't know how that works. So, like, basically what happens is... No, I hate you. (laughs) (laughs) I know what a and a is. Like, on YouTube? Like, on Instagram? Uh, Like, on... We could do do a live on Instagram. I don't fucking know. But then they have to listen to this podcast. You just send me emails. Just send me emails of questions or DM me, I guess. You can DM me at, at... serial killers underscore seltzer or at my instagram at fit underscore mama corn what is yours Alyssa? if you don't want to say because there's creepers out there there's murderers everywhere there is murderers everywhere so i will keep my identity private for the time (laughs) i said your whole name (laughs) what i said i i've been saying your whole last name this whole time This has been Wilhelmina Mildew and Crack Rock. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, gosh. Okay, we're going to be professional podcasters. We're going to quit our jobs, and we're just going to be stay-at-home moms slash dog moms. Look out for the invitation for our conference, Bottomless. There's probably going to be an entry fee, probably like... 14. Oh, $62. Alyssa. $62. That's, that's what it is. Comes. That's what it is. That's what it has to be. I was thinking into the future. 62. 62. We're grandmothers. Oh, my grandmother. That is a grandmother age, not 16. 
Okay, $62. Send it to our Venmos. And, yeah. Bottomless margaritas and tacos. See you there. Be there. Be fucking square. If you we don't like you, we're not going to invite you. So, if you don't get an invite, you know why. Too fucking bad. Sucker. Sucker. Okay, should we end this? Yes. Okay. Well, we already... Shame, shamefully plugged our uh, Instagrams and emails. So, I guess this is it. This at is at me, bro. At me. You didn't even share your at me. <laughs> I mean, you've been saying my name this whole time. I'm sure it's not going to be too hard to look me up. Okay, crack rock. All right, fucking Wilhelmina Milton. Okay, this is how I end it. Cheers, bitches. Cheers. And then we take tequila shots. Boom. Okay. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. I hope you made it this whole fucking way. Bye. Goodbye.